I Like Your Dress predominantly takes place in what is known as Metro Vancouver on the traditional occupied and unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh Nations, and the Hunkamina-speaking people. In this place of work, we hope that within our creative space that we take time to acknowledge, teach, and ensure we are using our voice to speak truth to power. You're listening to I Like Your Dress, an educational comedy podcast all about trying new things. I'm Allie. And I'm Tori. Tune in the first Friday of every month for a new adventure. She is single-handedly saving the mental health of this pandemic. Welcome to our first episode of our segment, What's Been Keeping You Well, a segment all about finding peace in isolation. Today, we're joined by our reoccurring guest, Miss Melody Powers. Hey, Mel. How's it going? Hey. So, what's been keeping you sane? Tell us about it. (sighs) Honestly, not much right now. I moved to a new city and I only have one friend here. So the only thing that's really like keeping me grounded is the fact that Taylor Swift is releasing so many more albums for us. I was going through a breakup when Folklore dropped, but I was kind of like at the end of the breakup, you know, and finally getting on from everything and you're like moving on with your life. And then she dropped this. And I was like, why couldn't she do this before? You know, I still had four months of getting through this breakup. And at the last possible month, she released that. But honestly, not going to lie, it brought me back to life. Mm-hmm, totally. I I am also a massive Swifty and was just one of those things when she started. I don't have Instagram, but I, I think I actually got a text message from you saying that she was dropping photos on her IG and it was making almost album art. I lost my mind. Of, What's happening? We haven't had a year since Lover released. I feel like it is my birthday, Christmas, all wrapped up in one. She is single-handedly saving the mental health of this pandemic. <laughs> Honestly, here's the thing about Taylor Swift right now is um, like you're a writer, I'm a writer, and I think we're both on the same page of we haven't been creative basically since this pandemic started. And Taylor Swift has released two full albums randomly, has a studio long pond session, is recording another one, is re-recording all of her other songs, and she's releasing a bunch with it. Like, this girl does not take a rest, and honestly, it's making me a little jealous. I have so much envy and jealousy towards Taylor Swift and it's it's such a complicated feeling because she's my homegirl. She I I simp for Swift. Um 100%. She is so fucking amazing. And she just plays me like this. Like really makes me feel like shit because I haven't fucking written anything in over a goddamn year. Can I have some of that creative energy, please? Honestly, I'm at this point where I'm like, what sane person can do this? She's just, she's nonstop working. And she might be because she's a Sagittarius, you know, like all that fire energy. (sighs) But honestly, it's, I love her and I'm happy. And we're going to be having like a full on another year of just Taylor Swift re-releasing all of her old albums. So like, it's not, it's not stopping anytime soon, this obsession, you know? 
Did you expect her to drop another album after Folklore? Like, or did you think, okay, this was the fun, this, she's done. What, what was your, what was your take? I was super surprised when I heard Evermore, but I was, I had a mixed reaction. Mm, I know, me too initially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my initial part was like, Taylor, like, Folklore was amazing. I love Folklore. It's one of my favorite albums she's ever written. Yeah. And I was iffy with Evermore because... Like, she just released another album. Like, mm-hmm. I I didn't know if it was going to be, like, folklore, if it was going to be better, if it wasn't. Like, what was my reaction? So I was really scared. Yeah, totally. It, it's so funny because when folklore hit and I listened to the whole thing through, I immediately thought, you know, she has hit every kind of genre with this album. She's kind of gone back to her roots and country, which was so nostalgic. And then... Whenever more hit, I listened to it. And at first I was like, I don't know. I, I still think I like folklore better. But then I listened to Evermore like through and through as you do, you know, when she re- drops her albums. Yeah. Uh, and looking back emotionally, I felt so much more attached to Evermore and nostalgic. Does this make sense? Nostalgically, I felt more connected to folklore. And they, I, I can't even tell you which one I prefer more because they hit me two completely different ways. No, yeah, I'm on the exact same page. Like, um, well, when Folklore and Evermore came out, we were listening to it on the exact same time. So, like... (laughs) On, like, fucking texting verbatim, like, exactly. Okay, what what does your YouTube screen say right now? Like, is she showing pictures of cats? Yeah, she's showing pictures of cats. Okay, same. (laughs) I love that. But, like, Folklore... Like, you were there, but, like, Folklore started off with The One, you know, and that is one of my all-time favorite songs. Like, it's just so emotional for me, and it hits so many points. So, like, I think that's what happened is just with The One, that was my favorite song, and it just kind of, like, set what the entire album was going to be. So it was already so emotional. And then with Evermore, I think, because listening back a few more times, Mm. I have like a better appreciation for Evermore than I first did when I first did, yeah. like listened to it. Yeah. And again, I don't know what one is my favorite because I love them both and they're both so similar. Mm. But yeah, I think it was just folklore gave me a better first time reaction to it. Uh, yeah, totally. And I think it was that massive element of surprise the first time that initially just like, what's happening what's going on it felt like a your birthday just came early yeah and I that was part of it's just magic about it yeah Um, 100 percent when she announced uh that she had like a surprise did you think it was going to be fearless do you think it she was re-recording I knew she was re-recording and I went on Swifty TikTok, um, as one does, and there's a lot of um, theories that there's going to be a third album, a sister album to Evermore and Folklore. Yeah, that was called Woodvale. Woodvale, yeah. So that was just a misunderstanding because um, all of the ones, like Taylor Swift released all of her albums, and there was a few that said Woodvale, but mm. because it was like such a... a fast release she called it Woodvale for the longest time instead of like going to folklore yeah so like I don't know I 
I'm not surprised that Fearless is coming out. I'm a little surprised that it's not coming out right away, if that makes sense. Because she yeah. just kind of, like, she gave us same night drops. And I'm like, okay, like, we have to wait two months. What the fuck? I know. Oh, she plays with, like, that. She's just such a, uh You know, it was ridiculous because uh, for the longest time, I didn't really get too much into it when the announcement came out. I just knew she was promoting Fearless. And I'm like, oh, it's dropping midnight. And then actually reading her whole thing that she posted on social media, I'm like, I have to wait until April 9th. Oh, that hurt. It just, right. Here she comes, pops out two fucking beautiful albums, makes me cry. One of her best. What? Oh my God. hundred percent. Like I haven't felt this connected to one of her albums since red. Oh my God. I know like, what you mean. In terms of like, the honestly, writing, the emotion <sighs> and the just where cause, I don't know wherever I am in life, I always seem to connect with one, two, or three of her songs on like like really connect. Oh my God, we're going through the same thing, but we're not because she's Taylor fucking Swift and I am a amateur podcaster who hasn't written in over a year. Yeah. No, so, I'm on the same page. Like, yeah, Red you, has, like, like, such an emotional thing for me, and it was yeah. my favorite, and I didn't think anything was going to top it, and then Folklore came out, and, like, Red hits a different place for me, so it's still one of my top, yeah. but, like, honestly. <laughs> and it's interesting because when she was, I think it's because when she was writing Red, it was in her early 20s, and there were a lot of similarities with other people who... It, are experiencing in their early 20s a lot of what she was kind of going through in terms of like you know dating or you know just like having fun with your friends like it's just like a very like this is a very exciting thing but also like her first experience with heartbreak like real heartbreak and Mm -hmm. uh, it touched a lot of people and I think with these ones there's something a little bit more just that emotional maturity that we've all kind of grew within ourselves in our twenties. And now that it, she's kind of like entering her thirties, she has like more of a, I don't know, her storytelling is just so much more. She knows herself a bit more as a person. And I think everybody in this, like this stage of their life, like around like mid twenties, like thirties are like feeling that too. And I think that's why it's also just feeling as grounded as it did with red, you know? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I get it. Like, again, I'm going into my mid-20s, which isn't old. Mm -hmm. But, like, Red was such an important part in my early 20s. And I guess, like, when I went through my breakup, too, like, All Too Well was on repeat for me because it sounded like she wrote it about my life, Yeah, you know? But, like, again, looking at, as a writer's perspective on Evermore and Folklore, like, they're all stories, you yeah. know, and everything is just so interconnected and it's so beautifully written and it doesn't feel like personal per it's, se. And it wasn't meant to be. And I think that's, yeah. I love that, you know, and that's good writing when you're able to write so well and so intricate with so many real emotions, it really did feel like she was experiencing every song that she had written as it happened to her own life. And because you saw that same vulnerability with Red, but it just shows her audience just how good at what she like what she does. You know, she's just fucking brilliant. Oh, my God. I 
like how this turned into a Taylor Swift podcast of like what's keeping you sane because honestly like that's the only thing at this point like my valentine's um today my valentine's this year was Taylor Swift's love story oh my gosh and it's just I really I really liked it I think you know a big part of me kind of went in with a little bit of fear um because you know there is so much that holds with love story that you know we all listen to it we all remember it so well and honestly I have no idea why but I like I went into it a little bit intimidated but honestly Mm -hmm. I it sounded better it sounded better and I think because of our knowledge based off of what she had to go through to you know and that she's re-recording all of her own music which she should be able to own yeah oh my god I don't fucking Scooter Braun. <laughs> this is a Scooter Braun hate group. Oh my God. I, <laughs> I just, it's, it's really hard to, I don't know. We won't get into this. Uh, no, yeah, that's a whole different podcast whole, there. A whole other different podcast. But I think part of that knowledge just really gave it a new voice. Yeah. And it was... I don't know. She just sounds so much more sure of herself when she is performing and singing. And it just, it hits a different way. You know, it hits a new way. It does. Like her voice is just so much more mature and like, it's so different from her original one. And that's why I'm so excited for the re-releases to come out. Totally. But at the same time, like, I think I would still listen to her old albums too, because like, it's just so emotional. You know, like I grew up on this, like I was a fan of Taylor Swift from Teardrops on My Guitar. So like, oh, my God, I've been in it through like all of it. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm super excited to like she's releasing so many like songs from the vault. And oh, my God, when 1989 and Red, the re-release for that. Okay, but, like, did you hear? No. Okay, so Taylor Swift wrote, like, apparently she wrote, like, 150 songs for 1989, and she's going to be releasing 13 more for 1989. Where are you hearing this? Oh, my God. Are you serious? It was, I don't, like, I don't know if it's true or not, but it was, like, a pop pop crave on Instagram like apparently she wrote so many songs you are waiting for her gay song I know you are I don't think it's gonna happen like 1989 Carly Kloss oh my god okay so I feel I feel bad I feel like there was something going on between them you know I feel like Taylor is not straight I think she's in a happy relationship You know, this is a whole different thing, but, like, there's just so much queer coding in her songs, and I don't know if, like, she means it or if I'm just gay as fuck, but, like, (laughs) but the more that I'm, like, researching, like, all of this, and by researching, I mean looking at Taylor's, like, TikToks. Yeah. Yeah. Deep in the TikTok. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But, like, Carly Kloss sold Taylor Swift out, like, it's just horrible like it was her best friend and she was working for Scooter Braum to like give information about Taylor Swift Carly Kloss was really oh my yeah the tea 
right? Oh my gosh, you need to start sending me these TikTok theories. I am living for them. Honestly, we should just make like a Taylor Swift TikTok. I mean, not TikTok. Oh my God, a Taylor Swift podcast. Done. (laughs) Because honestly, I going into this episode, I knew that you were going to share Taylor Swift and I was fully prepared. Like, I'm not even going to write any notes. I'm not even going to write any questions because this is just going to happen naturally without any kind of research because we know all of this stuff already honestly magic of it it's a wormhole I think for listeners who haven't really um have like haven't really listened to her music or kind of gotten into her a little bit of her fandom it's it's definitely a wormhole uh she leaves a lot of fun codes for us and we really like to get Da Vinci on it uh (laughs) it's crazy like not gonna lie the swifty tiktoks and the swifty fandom are freaking crazy she just leaves so many easter eggs and i'm like taylor like this is enough madness i i love it so much honestly though kind of coming back to folklore and evermore um Mm -hmm. tell me what are some of your top your personal top songs that really have got you through this pandemic Okay, so the first one has to be the one, like, again, that was, like, a really personal song for me. It really hit a lot of nerves, and it made, makes me cry. Um, and honestly, I feel like this, this is a weird, a weird thing. Um, I personally love Folklore more as a full album. Yeah. But my favorite songs are from Evermore, if that makes sense. I found, yes, very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Like, Gold Rush, amazing, classic. Champagne Problems, like, oh, my God. Oh, my, um, uh, Cowboy Like Me gets me. It just, honestly, because it just sounds like OG, you know? It's the country. Yeah, it's that really emotional country that I I live for. I live for it, Swift. Live for it. Die for it. Love it. I actually have a a shirt on the way, and it's a cowboy like me (laughs) shirt from the Taylor Swift store. So, like, once I get it, I'm going to send you a picture. Please do. My goodness. Every time we talk or I send you, like, oh, she's just sending, like, Honestly, Swift has the best merch. Like, it's oh actually something that you'd want to wear. You know, often that you can, like, I'll go to concerts and I'll get concert t-shirts and it has the dates. And they're really, they do mean a lot to me and I, I like them. But I never really wear them outside of just kind of for memorabilia sake and just, like, having it for the sake of, like, the memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of her shit is cute. It's right? really cute. I wanted to get one of her hats so bad. I still think I might. You have one of her hats, right? I don't have her hat, but I have the folklore um, hoodie that she had. Yeah. And I wear it all the time and I get so many compliments on it. And everyone is shocked when I'm like, yeah, this is Taylor Swift. They're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like, look, it says Taylor Swift on it. People are just shocked that it's actually not the band merch with just their faces because like a lot of merch are gross 
I, I kind of agree. I feel like sometimes they can be a little bit too, I don't know. They have like their face on it and it's too much for me. Today's episode of I Like Your Dress is sponsored by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online platform with classes covering nearly every topic you can imagine, from internet marketing, graphic design, or even flower arranging. Staying at home can start to look a little dull. You might be feeling unmotivated, frustrated, and, well, a little bored. Skillshare is the ultimate home classroom that can help you start a new hobby or perhaps refine an old skill. The teachers are experienced, friendly, and offer such a wide range of topics. You can get started from the comfort of your own home. Sign up for your free trial at skillshare.eqcm.net slash ILYD. And if you love their service, you can get a two-month subscription for free. Now, back to the show. Hey. Another song on Evermore, because everything you said, I completely agree with. Evermore mm-hmm. is just, there's just so many good bangers. I I really like Coney Island, too. And it's interesting, because when I first heard, um, oh, my God, what was the last one she did with Bonnie Bear? Oh, Evermore. Yes. Was it Evermore? <laughs> I think it's I'm called have... Evermore. Uh, like, you know, like, I'm I'll so love you forevermore. Oh, yes. But I meant on folklore. She did one with Bonnie Bear. Oh, yeah, and Exile. Exile, that's right. When I, I didn't know how I felt about Exile the first time I heard it. Because right. I was really, when I thought of Bonnie Bear, I was thinking about songs about Jane. Uh, songs, sorry, not songs about Jane, songs about Emma. Yeah. And how he almost goes into it like a high pitch, a little bit when he was saying that part, you know, in exile, I thought that was going to be more of what I was going to be hearing. Um, mm-hmm. And it ended up being his like really low toned voice, which was, it was still an amazing song, but it, it definitely wasn't something I initially thought it was going to be when I first heard it. I almost um, skipped it, not going to lie, when I first heard it. Like, one Bonnie Vare is, like, his deep throat. I was like, who the fuck's this? It's <laughs> like, who is this? Right? And I was like, wait, this is Bonnie Vare? Because I was on the same. I was thinking, like, for Emma, like, his song's on that. Yeah. But it threw me for a loop. Oh, my gosh. I just, I'm so embarrassed now because I was talking about Coney Island and I was going to compare them. But that's not Bonnie Vare on Coney Island. No, that's the Nationals. Nationals. Yeah. That also was a really good band. Um, and I really liked how that one was done. It was also yeah. kind of a little bit on the lower tone too, but it really, I, I just really love the, I don't know. It just, it really reminds me of just kind of like walking on a beach and just having your heart broken. <laughs> yeah. In a way where, you know, when you have your heart broken, but you're dealing with it and it's just almost comforting. Yeah, it's like a mature way of, like, heartbreak. It's a mature heartbreak where it still hurts and you're kind of, like, by yourself, but you, you're, it's an optimistic look because you're, you're sad, but you're also knowing that you have a lot of things in store for yourself. Yeah, it's kind of like you knew where you went wrong, too, you know, like how I thought of Coney Island was... I honestly kind of thought it was going to be me in the future because I'm going to be a workaholic. Yeah. And like, that's kind of what it sounded like. It sounded like putting your work beef before like love, you know? Yeah. And like being famous and then just putting everything 
everything else on the back burner because like that's kind of what you're taught to do it's either be in a relationship or be successful it's never in between you know completely and that's kind of a true testament to her the two songs that she um released for her deluxe edition of evermore um and a lot of them are the same themes too let me get those songs really quick though because i'm trying to remember do you remember the names of the songs that she released for evermore the yeah um i have it right here i think one is like where you left me yeah yeah right where you left me and it's time to go awesome yeah and those are yeah so those two are very they're definitely around the same theme of kind of being stuck in a place where you've kind of in a world where you created for yourself and people are moving on and you're just kind of still there and that also kind of reminded me a bit of their album see now I, I get them so mixed up so easily sometimes because well, when their I sister albums them, yeah understandable just the dance season is, was another one and it really did kind of ring into the you know you're going back home to your parents house and you're reliving all this nostalgia and it's also it's painful but it's also very bittersweet it's one that like sits really good for me speaking of which was one song that hurt you so good. Like it was, it was emotionally wrecking, but it just also gave you a lot of validation for like your feelings. Uh, I don't know. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense. I, okay, I have two. Two yeah. that really hurt me. And again, it's going back to the one. Um, and then also Marjorie. Yeah. That destroyed me. Like, when I first listened to it I was literally in pieces because like I lost my grandpa you know and like he was like my best friend and then hearing that I was like holy fuck for those who um are listening and um don't know this is a kind of a fun fact because I I just found it out myself that Taylor Swift's grandmother Marjorie was an opera singer and she even had in this song has a bit of her singing in the background it just re-listening to that song after hearing that for the first time brought such a sense of missing your loved one so much. And right. what, and that part where she's just describing like, I wish I would have like kept receipts of you, like I wish I would have asked you like about your life and all of that. It, it just held such a, a true piece. And even though like she had passed away a while ago, she still has so much connection to her because of the fact they're both in the singing industry and they're both they're you know, they're both musical artists feeling like you're there's something missing and you wish that you could relate and gain a little bit more perspective. And I think that's the thing that I sometimes feel like I missed out with my grandparents too. Yeah. I, I wish that I asked them more. It, it was just a very bittersweet, very honest story writing, really. I Honestly. Yeah, it really, it really did struck a chord with me. And I'm not normally one for, I don't know, I'm not normally one for depressing songs, but <laughs> it was, it was really, really good and really well made. Um, I also really enjoyed um, Happiness. That oh was, my God. Yeah. I love Happiness so much. Oh, that, and that's another really rough one, but it's also that maturity that you gain after a breakup when you're older, it's with more self-awareness and, you know, it's talking about, you know, I'm mad at you now, but I'm going to get over it. And I, I still love you. And I, it's just a very, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a good, 
it's a good hurt, you know? It's, it is. It's it's like a mature hurt because it's like, a mature it, hurt. It, it, like, it is. It, it's it is. so relatable, you know, because you it's when you break up with someone like you love that person, like there's good stuff about them, you know, and that's what everyone like forgets when they break up is they that's what love is like you just didn't work out. And at the end of it, yeah, OK, like you end up not liking that person. But like a lot of people forget about the love, you know? like the love that you shared it's it's such a oh my god that song is so good it is so good we're wrapping up a bit of our segment but I wanted to leave off a little I don't know if you had some word of advice for people who are going through a really hard time and ways to stay healthy and well during this pandemic what are some ways to keep staying now uh okay um Keep sane. Listen to um, 1989 if you want to have a good time. Um, but like all honesty, outside of the Taylor Swift, it has been hard to be sane. But like going on daily walks, like waking up in the morning, like forcing yourself to get out of bed before 12 o'clock. Yeah. Has really helped me. And like just going outside, even if it's just to go to the coffee shop and grab a cup of coffee. It just kind of like wakes, it wakes me up and it makes me feel like something is a little bit back to normal. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at I Like Your Dress Podcast and I L Y D Podcast on Twitter. Want to collaborate or be featured on our show? For more information, check out our website at ilikeyourdress.ca. This podcast is produced, written, and edited by Allison Shields and Victoria Fraser. Production manager and PR by Cameron Napier. See you next time. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.